Welcome into the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here with Derek Piper at the Rosemont Hilton on the road here for Big Ten Media Days. And for once, Derek, there's a lot of buzz around this Illinois program here. It's really interesting. Like, there's a lot of interest around these guys and actually some hype for once. Yeah, absolutely. Some expectations, and, and it's a team that's not shying away from them. So, uh, once again, as we've heard throughout the summer, Brad says there should be expectations on us because we're Illinois. And it's about time that he's not shying away from it. The players know that this is supposed to be a good team, so it uh, should be a fun season. I had Graham Couch, who picked Illinois, I think, second early after, what was it, April? He had it in their point. And he goes, I just looked at the rosters, and as he said, I think this is the second most talented roster. He goes, you can make the argument with Maryland, but that is kind of true. I mean, you look at Purdue, I think Illinois' roster is better. It's just they're Purdue and they're Matt Painter, right? And like, look at all these other programs. Maybe Ohio State can be a little bit better, but, I mean, that's a kudos to Brad Underwood and his staff for putting together a roster that's one of the best in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's got depth, and it also has, obviously, stars and headliners at the top, and, and the three guys that are here today, Io, Trent Frazier, Georgie, uh, Andres Feliz isn't here, Kofi's not here. Uh, and then they also, you know, Alan Griffin and, and Tevian Jones expected to take a step forward. So it, it is a team that has shown this league what they can be and what they can do with wins against Michigan State, Maryland, at Ohio State last year, and coming back and bringing back a lot of pieces. I mean, if you think about it, Two years ago, Kipper Nichols was what on the team? Third best player on the you team? So. And what's he now? Nine? <laughs> Something like that. I mean, that, yeah. that does tell us a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Brad and, and everybody in that program would hope that Kipper lives up to some potential, but uh, no doubt about it as far as expectations and guys that are coming in and known commodities are contributors. Well, we're going to go through a quick podcast today as we are going to head back to Champaign soon. But we'll tell you a little bit about what we learned from the Illinois side of things, the biggest takeaways from a conference uh, total, the rest of the coaches here, the 13 coaches. And then we're going to kind of go over, since there's so many new coaches, who's on the hot seat uh, for the coaches that were here today. That's all coming up on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. All right, Derek, we had three really interesting personalities, three guys who I think are great for us media, Trent Frazier, Io DeSumo, Georgie Bashanishvili. And it's amazing, you know, Trent was kind of on the cover of the media guy by himself last year. This year it's Georgie, Io, Trent, and Andres Feliz. I mean, that tells us a lot. I mean, and Trent, I talked to him a lot today, and I got, I got a big story coming up about how he's had to adjust to that. But his teammates, his coaches say he's been all about it, but that just tells you a little bit about where this program's going now that Trent Frazier is kind of the third most talked about, maybe fifth most talked about. If you've got Kofi and uh, some other pieces on there, I mean, th- that's a good sign, too. Yeah, definitely, as far as the elevation of talent, but also it says a lot about Trent's maturity and just a, a team that is still relatively young when you look at the roster, what years they are, freshmen, sophomores, uh, Trent being a junior, uh, but this is a team that has experience now, and it, I think I saw it in Italy, or I did see it in Italy, just the way that Trent played, it was playing the right way, uh, pass first, and, and, and that's important, uh, but Io talked about it, you got some great stuff out of him as far as uh, Trent wants to win, and Trent has maybe you know, accepted a role that would be hard for some people, and, and we look back to Trent's freshman year with Mark Smith, and there was friction, there was jealousy, yeah. and then when Trent and Io and Andres paired together, you don't have that. And Io really fought hard against that. He said him and Trent would laugh at people saying on social media, and he, he said specifically the media, that would try to break us apart, that 
we just want to win. And Trent never had that kind of jealousy that, you know, Mark Smith might have felt. So I thought Io really defended his teammate. Brad really said that Trent has only been great uh, about, you know, sharing that spotlight. So that's what winning programs do, right? And, and Trent probably knows that, hey, it, it's good to be spotlight uh, when you're scoring a bunch of points on a bad team it's better to be maybe the third player or second player on a really 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 good team yeah definitely and Trent's record you know when he scores 20 plus or 25 plus isn't great and that's not on him that was more about uh, what wasn't quite there yet for him uh, in this program but uh, now he's very capable of scoring 25 to 30 on any given night and this is a team that can win a lot of games and I think that that's what he prefers first and foremost can I give a Georgie anecdote that just Please gonna do. make people love him anymore. I, I, he was, you know, doing interviews and there wasn't a chair next to him, so I just kind of knelt down on the ground and was like, "Hey, Jordy," and, and he goes, "Wait, wait, wait, man!" And he went and go went and grabbed me a chair. Like, and that, that Georgie Bajanishvili to a T is just—he's always thinking about other people. He's selfless and he's just so happy to be around people. He is a gem, man. He, he's an absolute gem. I haven't seen anything like him in my time covering it, and. I don't know. Let's all just enjoy him as much as we can. Uh, any big takeaways from him today? I mean, he's going to be asked so much about Kofi. He talked about in practice, he was on 2-2, two 3-3 two, three three drill, and that he and Kofi have a really good high-low connection. Obviously, he's going to have to make some shots if those guys are going to work. And Brad basically said today, it's going to be a process, probably just like Io and Trent last year. Yeah, I think their connection is really great. We'll, we'll see on the court, and that's going to be interesting. I, I talked to Brad about doing some different things offensively, and he said, that within the spread there'll be some different wrinkles to get Georgie post-ups you know you, when Georgie's the or when Kofi is the five and Georgie's the four we're not just going to play him on the perimeter uh, so look for some offensive variation but uh, everything that Georgie says and you can tell you know during the Adam Miller visit they're up in the the block guy Adam we love you <laughs> so you can tell those guys obviously have a great vibe great bond and uh, Georgie said it actually started the first week of practice when Georgie had some Jamaican music going at Oven, and, and Kofi's like, who's playing this? And George's like, I am, man. Let's, come on, show me some love. He shows he cares. I mean, he, he, lo he loves people, he cares about people, and he cares a lot about his teammates. I mean, that's just – and you can tell Brad knows that's that's his heart and soul. Like, that is the heartbeat of the team is Georgie Bashanish feeling that energy. And sometimes on the court last year, Derek, it did get negative. Like, there were some times it was negative energy, he got frustrated. I'm, I'm interested to see how experience changes that a little bit. Yeah, I think it'll have a lot to do with it. And just as far as Brad mentioned, he fouled out. Georgia did 10 times last year. So uh, playing with aggression and just managing that energy. But, uh, yeah, the fact that you have different kinds of leaders within this team, there are no questions about leadership anymore. And that was uh, you know night and day difference versus two years ago when, when Brad took over. But Io's kind of the lead dog, lead by example. Andres Felice has a lot of that. But then Georgie's the, the loud vocal, keep the team loose. And uh, it's there's a great dynamic that you can sense with those guys. Uh, Io DeSumo, I started asking him a little bit about putting that video together that was just so well-crafted. University of Illinois had nothing to do with it. It was him, it was his family, he helped produce it, write the script, all of that stuff. My biggest he did it in a day. Yeah, and he did it in a day. He turned it around in a day. He said they put it together and edited it all in oven. Uh, I found that anecdote so interesting. But what I took away from this is this is a kid who knows branding. He's really thoughtful. Um, you know, obviously, I think he didn't get the exact draft position he probably wanted, though he could have worked his way up maybe in the pre-draft process. I mean, he would have been a top 45 pick if he wanted to come out. But he cares about story. He cares about 
narrative, his legacy, all those things, branding. And I think he really wants Illinois and success at Illinois to be a part of his brand long term. And I think that's all to the benefit of Illinois. I think it's all to the benefit of him. Um, that's pretty special that Illinois right now has a guy like that. How much it was needed to, to pull a team out of uh, a long NCAA tournament drought, and he could have easily been, uh, you know, you make selfish decisions. Those are self-interested decisions to go to the NBA or to, to go professional, but uh, he looked and saw what Illinois could be if he came back, and obviously he can improve his position a lot by having a great year. But, uh, yeah, he's always been really good, him and his camp, at, at branding and, and all of that. But I asked him, he said, I said, how much has Illinois helped you? How much has that given you a unique? unique opportunity so that as much as anything and that's such a huge obviously recruiting benefit to to use his, him as an example but uh, man you needed one a star like that from Chicago to say yes and come and do what he's doing and here he is well, we've talked about with so many guys whether it's Cliff Alexander Jabari even as crazy as that would be or Jalen Brunson yeah. now kudos to Brunson he went somewhere where they developed him well Jay Wright he turned into a star and he's got a long NBA career ahead of him but you do have a guy who, who believes in that, and, and that's pretty special for Illinois. And today he's announced as one of the top ten players in the league, which is obvious, but most people have him top five player in the league. What's his next step? I mean, he, he just says working every day. That, that guy works an amazing amount. Uh, he said that after the Big Ten tournament last year, he just shut his phone off and worked for about six hours a day. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about improving his strength or his mid-range game and all that. We've, I've seen the growth so far throughout the summer. He's, he's more explosive. Uh, he was going up for dunks in Italy that, that he wasn't doing uh, a year ago. So, uh, And then also he's going to have to continue to hit clutch shots, which it was good to see him do that. He game, hit a game-winner against Michigan State, game-winner against Ohio State. Now he's got to be the leader and, and now not only be a really good player, but be a really good player on a winning team, which he's done before. He's, he's won state titles. Nuggets from the rest of the roster, um, they're really excited about Kofi, right? Like he's, Brad said he's working hard, running an extra mile every day after practice to get in better shape. They seem really excited about him, knowing he's going to be a freshman to go through some ups and downs. But they seem to be, uh, you know, the expectation we've set of, what, 10-7, and 10-8? They don't seem to be shying away from that kind of expectation for Kofi if he can stay on the court. Yeah, if he continues to you know answer expectations and and be as good as he's been in practice so far, uh, they'll be that good and it can elevate their ceiling even further. And, and I saw him at open practice during the weekend that Adam was visiting, and he was as impressive or more impressive than anybody. Uh, he he was awesome and uh, everything that he's done so far. Uh, as you mentioned, he's running a mile voluntarily after practice, and he's down to you know mid two eighties, two eighty five to two eighty eight. Uh, doesn't look out of shape at all. So uh, that is really, really exciting. And now can he hit a shot from the free throw line? How does he defend? He blocks some shots. Yeah, uh, that would be big time if he steps up and, and can be reliable. Uh, you asked Brad about Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk when he'll be back. What would you get from Brad on that? He said that he meets with the doctor tomorrow, so that being Thursday, uh, and they'll get some more details on that. So far, all the testing has been positive. Uh, they're being very cautionary uh, with moving him forward and they'll start practice this weekend I think it is actually tomorrow as well Thursday uh, and he should be back soon no exact timeline he'll be back on this exact day but it sounds like they're not too concerned uh, it will be interesting though as far as fitting into the system and, and learning all of that and how prepared he can be to make an impact on you know, game one any other nuggets from the rest of the roster? We know he's talked about Alan Griffin being a big part of their rebounding, DeMonte Williams being that. Any other 
lingering thoughts on the rest of the roster that you heard today? Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing we haven't heard before, right, right from us. Not really. Not really. Not, not he talked a little bit about Jermaine Hamlin. He mentioned him yeah. again at the podium today. Jermaine Hamlin got a name drop. That's a that's a positive, I guess. It, it sounds like <laughs> I don't know if Brad's for redshirting players, but then again, if he's someone that can can block shots, then uh, maybe that's something we'll see out of him. But Georgia got asked about Jermaine as well. Uh, so there's somebody that is funny and he cracks jokes on the court. So maybe he's getting more comfortable out there. But uh, that is someone that it sounds like they may get a few minutes. All right, when we come back, let's chat a little bit about the rest of the Big Ten coaches, what we stood out from them. That's coming up next. All right, back in the Illini Enquirer podcast here at Big Ten Media Days at the Rosemont Hilton. And we got two new coaches, very famous coaches. I, for one, am bummed that Tim Miles is not here and we don't get the 10-minute stand-up comedy routine. But I got to say, out of all the guys that went up to the podium, I thought Fred Hoiberg was maybe – the best. I thought he gave the best answers on name, image, and likeness, which was a huge topic today. Unlike Juwan Howard, the other newcomer who just kind of deflected, and of all people that I think could give insight about name, image, and likeness, it's a former Fab Five member who could have made a lot of money off of that. But Hoiberg said, I was the most popular guy on campus. I could, I, I could have really benefited from that. So he was supportive of it. Patino was really supportive of it. I thought Turgeon was pretty supportive of it. Izzo was kind of wishy-washy, which is unlike him. Um, but I found Hoiberg really engaging. And his team probably won't be very good this year, but um, that's another just star talent in the Big Ten. Yeah, he was entertaining. He was comfortable as well. Uh, and you had to go from 10 miles. I know that it's hard to match that comedy. But then Hoiberg had a good joke about – being asked, Rick Ross performed it before a practice or something. I don't know if they had a Midnight Madness event. He's like, that, is that really your question? No, that's a better question. Uh, but, yeah, I thought he, he was really interesting to, to, to listen to and talking about how his Bulls experience can help him coming back. And also when he got let go by the Bulls, spent, sounds like he spent a lot of time with Tom Izzo, uh, X's and O's and all of that. So that was really interesting. Juwan Howard, I'm really interested, Derek, to see how this works. As a, what do they call it, a John Beeline stan? Is that what I am? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's one of the best coaches. That's why he's in the NBA now. It's why Michigan had so much success. I'm really interested to see how that works. Um, he's obviously got a big name. I think he was really smart to get Phil Martelli on his staff. But it would not surprise me if Michigan is not nearly as good in a couple of years just because I, I think that highly of Beeline and Howard is that unproven. That said... It could go from one of the well, most well-coached programs to maybe one of the best recruited programs in the country because Juwan Howard may, might have that cash in. Well, that's what they're – I think that is part of the hope, and obviously you're going to compare it to Penny Hardaway and, and kind of that lane, as you would say, uh, from the coaching ranks, but that's still unproven. And, and their recruiting class, I think they have Zeb Jackson, who's a, a top 100 point guard, but uh, he was asked about recruiting Chicago, so that, that that was something he's interested in, but he really hasn't extended a whole lot of offers, so really seeing where he's going to put his stamp on this program is going to be interesting to see. Uh, also, as you mentioned, Phil Martelli probably going to play a big role early on. Uh, I know that Juwan is going to have the expectation of being a good defensive coach, especially being under Eric Spolstra. One of the best coaches in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely, and when you have Xavier Simpson and John Teske, that helps you be a better defensive coach as well, but uh, can that team come back and be even middle of the pack is a question mark. A guy I'm always really impressed with is Chris Holtman. He even dropped drip today, I believe it was. Um, you can see why that guy can recruit a little bit, but ask him about it. Maybe EJ liked that comment. <laughs> yeah, EJ Liddell, we asked him a little bit about that. I like that team. I like that program. Like I compare 
you know, Holtman to Archie Miller in Indiana. I don't know what's going to happen with Archie Miller in Indiana. I already know what Chris Holtman's program is. He recruits better than Archie Miller right now. Um, it's pretty amazing that, that a couple years in, we, we think that highly of Holtman and Archie's kind of facing questions. Yeah, I will give Archie the, the, the drip, the, <laughs> probably the, the suit of the day, suit jacket coat of the day. The crimson was pretty... Uh, pretty nice but obviously Chris Holdman has overachieved his first two years and now he has a, a really nice blend of returning talent Caleb Wesson Andre Wesson uh, and then three top 50 incoming freshmen and EJ Liddell being one of those I asked uh, Chris you know how huge was that what did that say about your program to go into two different states in Big Ten country Iowa get DJ Carden Illinois and get EJ Liddell and he gets credit to his staff and the relationships they had built and obviously it was a little bit better than the relationship that Illinois had. <laughs> That's right. Um, what do you make of what, like, who, who do you think can actually be a surprise in the Big Ten? Because, you know, talking to some of the Big Ten writers, felt like four through seven was hard to pick in the predictions, and then maybe eight through 12 were hard to predict in the predictions. Yeah, I think that Indiana still has a chance because they do have front court depth. You bring in Joey Brunk from Butler to go along with Trace Jackson Davis, who's a McDonald's All-American. Deron Davis has given him them good minutes when he's been healthy. Uh, and then also you have you have length. You have Justin Smith. Uh, Jerome Hunter was a top 100 forward that was banged up last year, didn't get a lot of run. So uh, if they're able to couple that with good point guard play with Rob Fennessy, which he showed he showed Illinois that last year, uh, as, w- as well as some others around the league. Uh, I think they could – I still actually like Archie as a coach. I know that he was my boy going to the coaching <laughs> search, but uh, I-, I think Indiana has a chance. Who is the most likely to push Michigan State, in your opinion? Maryland. Uh, I just think that with Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith, uh, that that's just top-end, top-end talent. and uh, They have some supporting guys, Eric Elia coming back, and uh, Daryl Morsell. They have what it takes. In my, I know that you like Ohio State. A lot. Yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins too. I, I just, I, I think Ohio State. I mean, obviously, I think Michigan State would have to lose five or more games for that to happen. But uh, I just think you've seen a coach now, and that's my question with Turgeon: is can he get a team to kind of reach those um, expectations or surpass them? I already know Holtman can. So now that he's added more talent to the roster, I, I wonder if that's the team. I mean, in Purdue and Matt Painter, you kind of already know kind of like Holtman is going to get the most out of his group. That was one comment that Chris Holtman made. I was around the table, and he said, uh, as far as expectations, and he was asked about being picked third, he's like, well, anybody that's doubting Purdue is making a severely <laughs> wrong choice because as far as the consistency that Matt Painter has, you know they're going to play defense. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be right in the thick of that. And But I will, as a sidebar, if, if Graham Couch, the Michigan State beat writer, is picking Illinois second, is he saying Illinois is the team to push Michigan State? So uh, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. <laughs> i, I got to see more. I, I do forget sometimes that they did win seven Big Ten games last year, 7-13, and 13, which is way better than their non-conference record. But that's a big leap. Like I, I think 11, 12 wins, that should probably be the expectation. Now do I think they can be that team? Absolutely. I think they, they could be a team that surprises people. I just don't know if I'm going to put them fourth yet, Andy Katz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the upside is obviously there. Again, the stars, the depth. I, I picked them around five. I am going to take Holtman's advice and, and trust Purdue at four, Ohio State three, and, up, and on up from there. But uh, Illinois has you know, no excuse not to be top half and, and really in that top five to six. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the Big Ten coaches that could be on the hot seat going into this year. There's been so much turnover here recently that there's not many actually on it, uh, but we'll break that down when we come back on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast.
All right, there's a couple of coaches that are facing a big year, Derek. Um, and I think, number one, that would have to be in the hot seat. Even though I really like him as a coach, I love what he's done at his program, but he hasn't made a tournament yet in, what, eight years? Um, Pat Chambers at Penn State. This is a huge year for him. And returning Omar Stevens, returning Mike Watkins, this is the year they have to break through, and we'll see what the rest of that roster, if they can do with needed. But if Mike Watkins was good last year, Maybe they don't go to that 0-10 start, and they do make the turn. Yeah, he, he's had a couple of tough breaks in the last couple of years because he secured the talent when he got Tony Carr, Lamar Stevens, and Mike. I think Mike Watkins was in that same class or, or even the year maybe before or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, with Mike Watkins' health and then Tony Carr leaving, uh, you know, after two years. Uh, but it, it is time for them to, to answer that with Lamar Stevens, who is – Obviously, probably the best, second best player in the league, other than Cassius Winston. You can make an argument for him being the player of the year. So uh, I would agree with you. Probably the, the guy in the hot seat the most. And I like him. I like his fit there. I like what he's done he with was that. Intense program. today. He was. He was. I love it. He was a little. He had his script. He knew what he was saying. He was kind of got an edge to him. He kind of felt. It feels like he feels good about his team. Yeah, I mean, if you want to recruit the Philly area and stuff like that, I think that would play well. So uh, I'm all for it. Number two on this list, I thought this guy was squarely on it. I thought he was going to get fired last year, but I think i got to give him credit. I'm not a big fan of him, but I thought Richard Pitino coached really, really well at the end of the year. But he's got an interesting dilemma now. He's got seven new players, Jordan Murphy gone, uh, Amir Coffey gone. He's got talent. Uh, they got transfers, but – he made the tournament, so that helps him, but I feel like he's got to do it again. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. Anytime you have seven newcomers, I, I feel like that that is going to be, I, I don't want to say the built-in excuse, but that kind of what it is probably what it is. And to be able to go to the second round last year, uh, that, that probably secures him another year, unless it's just a total disaster uh, this upcoming season. But when you have Dupree, McBrayer, and, and Oturo, and then not a whole lot else, uh, that's going to be the difficult task. Who would be number three on this list? I'm trying. Like it could be, it could be Turgeon if they if they really disappoint. Oh, I agree with you because I remember two years ago we're out at DC and people are complaining about Turgeon and I'm like, wait, he's finished second or third and every year and last year what he finished fourth I believe. Um, so it's not like he's not at the top, but the Maryland expectations with basketball are really high and they feel like they haven't gotten the most out of their teams the last couple of years. So I agree with you, even though I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the league. I think there's a little bit of heat. Yeah, he's had an issue with, obviously, early entries, uh, you know, leaving Maryland. But that's not a team that we've seen a lot in the second weekend uh, of the NCAA tournament. And, obviously, they can recruit very well with their Under Armour brand. And and just the D.C. area is very fertile uh, for for recruiting. So uh, they're going to have the expectations of finishing, you know, top two, top three in the league. And if for some for some reason they disappoint, uh, that could be a, a spot that can attract some, some high-level talent in the coaching ranks. I don't think McCaffrey would be a mid-tournament, right? He, was, he wasn't in a good mood today. No, he never really is. <laughs> um, but, you know, Chris Collins, he did what nobody has done. So he's got one more year. His team's going to be awful this year. But, yes, I agree. I think he's going to get more time. And that's where you kind of come in to speculate. Like, I don't think this is going to happen, right? Like, I think they're going to live up to expectations. But if Illinois did not make the tournament, then we're talking about Underwood on that. If Wisconsin did not make the tournament, I don't think guards going anywhere, but maybe he starts to feel a little heat. Like That's where the Big Ten is, though, that guys I think are fully safe, Derek. Like 
this is a pretty stable conference right now with its coaches. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. If Illinois has a season they're supposed to have, if Northwestern has a season they're supposed to have, I think a year from now Collins is, is probably facing something. Uh, and then obviously Illinois, Brad should be taken off from there. But if, if they don't, if you're in a situation where you have Io and he's going to the NBA after this year and you don't make the tournament, that uh, is going to bring up some unexpected and tough conversations, I would think. Yeah. All right, so Big Ten Media Day is done. Practice starts coming up. What's the next big mark for Illinois? Well, secret scrimmage will probably happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then the preseason gets underway. I mean, we're almost a month away from games here, dude. Yeah, they go to South Carolina at the end of the month for a secret scrimmage. And that's going to be a talented team. Uh, Frank Martin, uh, they've got some young talent. A.J. Lawson's a really good player. Uh, so I know that, well, Brad's going to be looking forward to going down there and drinking some wine and maybe smoking a cigar with Frank Martin, but I, I'm sure they'll get it done on the court first. But uh, I'm interested to see how boss man progresses when he gets back on the court, how he fits in, because I think it's important. Solidifying that four spot is a huge key because I trust the backcourt. I trust the five spot. Uh, but, yeah, it's coming up here in, what, four weeks? And they get tested right away. I mean, we just booked your trip to Arizona. Grand Canyon is going to be a pretty good team. That's on the 8th of November. Again, it's October second here uh and then you have arizona and tucson i mean they'll be tested right away and not that it's the end of the world if they lose one of those games or i guess it would be if they lose two but you know that that's an early test to see how much italy paid off and how much gelling has actually happened this offseason yeah it's going to be fun and i was talking to georgie towards the end of of media days here and he goes you know all this media stuff is fun and telling stories and 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 talking about expectations but we just want to play you know we, we we've talked about getting better and learning from last year and what we're supposed to be and where people are picking us we're ready to go prove it we're ready to show it so uh i know that we're ready to see it and cover it and everybody's ready to to watch some hoops it's fun to have expectations it's fun to have a team that has some interesting personality so i'll have a piece on trent frazier you'll have one on io coming up correct yep absolutely yeah so uh what else we got coming up coverage wise for illinois basketball here today well i've got a notebook coming out that well you, you may read some comments about Holtman recruiting Eugene Liddell and Juwan Howard in Chicago. Uh, obviously, continued coverage for recruiting, but uh, a Georgie story is always in the works. Georgie said some really good stuff. Uh, but And then also, Brad, I want to share some of what he said about making adjustments to the offense and really adapting to the possibility of playing George and Kofi, something we talked about so much. That's good stuff. I'll read it at Alana Inquire. If you don't have a VIP subscription yet, just a dollar for the first month if you sign up for monthly or 30% off for a whole year. So give us a try. You can cancel within seven days if you want to, but it's really great content. And uh, thanks for listening to the Alana Inquire podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquire podcast.